tell me about Sean Gold Day Zero. How did you go from you know building at zero all the way to where you are today? Wow, building at zero. I don't even think I'm at, I'm at one or a decimal. <laughs> I think we're still at we're, what's above zero but less than one. Point five, <laughs> you know? I think. <laughs> Let's say zero point zero 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 one, like the net like the net value, the par value of a stock. When you sign up, um, that's how I feel. I mean, essentially, you know, my entire life has been one long experiment. That's how I look at it, um, because all my endeavors have either ended up as successful failures or, you know, just failures. Um, you know, I've done so many different things because I've had an interest in doing them, um, you know, and when I'm you know, infected with an idea, I follow that idea and I tend to be very single-minded with it because I want to do it to prove to myself that it can be done. So that's why I have a, a colorful and varied background. Um, you know, despite all the stuff I've done, you know, regardless of being on Jeopardy, regardless of writing my books and being on podcasts and speaking at top tier universities and working with startups, the number one thing always comes back to is what's going on Friday night? Because I spent almost 20 years just building, you know, my brand and building my own company for nightlife in Miami. You know, I started at 17 and, you know, I did it up until, you know, COVID and then I came back after COVID for a year. And that's why I say former because I'm, I'm still involved, but not involved. Um, but it just, for me to build, it's just something that it's, it's a nonstop process. And I think for any founders listening or even GPs of a fund or anyone that wants to build anything, I mean, it's, it's, it's not really a business. It's your life. You know, you, you essentially in this day, especially in this day and age, you become your brand. You become what you do. You, you are your actions. So, you know, it's, it's been fun, but it's also been very difficult. It's not for the thin skinned. You're going to face failure after failure, rejection after rejection. Um, and it takes a while. And I mean, if there's, you know, one, one piece of advice that I could give to everyone is that, you know, you have to have a long-term view of what you're building and you have to look at it a year out, five years out, 10 years out, as far as the horizon, essentially. And, you know, People find that very difficult to do, especially in this day and age when we're on social media, we have instantaneous feedback and instantaneous likes and instantaneous shares and instantaneous comments. Um, and if you're really building something spectacular and if you're just building something that you want to do, you know, it's going to take a while, you know, and nothing goes as fast as you think it's going to go in any, in any endeavor, because you're always going to be at the mercy of people accepting it, people accepting you, taking meetings, listening to you, subscribing, following, purchasing, whatever it may be, it's not an instantaneous overnight thing. So you need to have patience, you need to have persistence, and you need to have determination in the face of just everything that can go wrong and most likely will go wrong. Yeah, and so when you're kind of experiencing sort of all the different ways that you get punched in the face when you're building uh, maybe an early stage startup, or even a, a new fund, like what are you doing to uh, you know, maintain motivation, keep your, uh, your, your head uh, straight, uh, so to speak, as, as you're kind of rolling through these challenges? I mean, essentially, the, the most important thing is not to lose heart, you know, just things, things take time. And a lot of people, especially now, you know, when something doesn't go right immediately, they think the universe is out to get them. And I'm like, 
relax, Johnny. Okay, the universe is responsible for black holes and singularities and supernovas. It doesn't care that no one returns your email regarding a Zoom meeting. You know, like you have to, you have to, you know, just not lose heart and stay focused. And it is difficult, but every everything great historically, whether it was a company, whether it was a country, whether it was an empire, you know, whether it was a dynasty, whatever, it, it just didn't happen overnight. You know, it takes years. And I think having a historical perspective also plays a role. You know, I think a, a today, just everything is so connected. We, we get information, like, you know, instantaneously and we see who's doing what and we see all these rounds of funding and we see who's connecting and we see all these talks and all this stuff. And you have to remember that, you know, you're not seeing the years that it took of nothing happening. You know, there's, there's a quote, I forget who said it. I think it might've been Goethe, where he said that there are, there are decades that nothing happens, and then there are days when decades happen. And I've experienced that. You just have nothing going on. You have months of like, oh, we'll get back to you. Or, oh, not yet. Or, oh, nothing. And then all of a sudden, you wake up one day, and you have like 10 emails before noon, and it's all the stuff you've been working on. And people want to schedule stuff and have meetings, and people want to move forward. And, and it's a great feeling. It just You have to be able to survive the lull to get to there. You know, you have to be able to keep pushing and you have to be able to just keep moving forward in spite of, you know, nothing happening. Because that's 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 what it is. You, you are essentially if you are a founder, you know, you are essentially attacking meaninglessness to give it meaning. You know, you are taking on a market that probably doesn't exist and you have to craft that market into existence, um, you know, and people are you're going to face so much resistance and so much friction and you know the weak will just give up i mean it's like 2008 2009 who would have thought that everybody in the world wanted to be an amateur cab driver in their spare time for money you know it sounds like the dumbest thing ever but now you know how do i get somewhere i need an uber or a lyft <laughs> you know i mean but if you were pitching that at the time you're like wait a stranger's gonna pick me up it could be an axe murderer that's a stupid idea it's crazy you know i'm not gonna get in a stranger's car i'm gonna lose lose my liver come on you know but now it's just ubiquitous um same thing when steve jobs and the personal computer you know it just you are attacking something that doesn't exist to bring it to life and if you are trying to build a better mousetrap it's a little bit easier because you can say oh it's like this but better but at the same time you have to go up against everyone who's already accepted that original mousetrap and said oh it's fine it doesn't need to be improved you know, um, why am I going to join Instagram when I already have pictures on Facebook? Duh. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like things like that. So it's, it's very difficult. It's never easy. Um, some are more fortunate than others to make it happen quicker. But at the end of the day, this is uh, it is the rough road that leads to greatness, as Seneca said. And so when you're going through these periods of just like nothing happening or even worse, like things are blowing up and you're just taking failures left and right, like how are you kind of maintaining, you know, a long-term view and retaining motivation uh, to kind of keep part and, and keep pushing through those, uh, those difficult periods? Depends how much the individual believes in what they're doing. If somebody truly believes in it, you know, they're going to see those walls as stepping stones, you know, um, Ernest Shackleton, famous, Arctic explorer, one of the greatest survival stories in human history said that uh, difficulties are just things to be overcome, you know? So you have to have this mindset of overcoming difficulties. Um, Thomas Edison remarked that I have not failed. I found 10,000 ways that didn't work, you know? So you have to have this, you know, Edisonian attitude 
when it comes to everything, because it's tough. There's a reason that 90% of startups fail. I think it's higher. I think it's like 99%. I don't, I, I just think nobody wants to speak the truth, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's, it's very difficult. And, you know, you need to kind of be a certain individual, regardless of what you're doing, that if you have a passion, if you have an objective, if you have a dream, that you have to be thick skinned and you have to find some solace in knowing that it didn't work you know, but you're still going to keep going, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like, here's the thing. If you go for a funding to a meeting and someone passes on it, you can be distraught, you know, you can say, oh, they passed. They were, I was counting on them for the funding, or you could have the mentality that I kind of cling to, which is just like, well, you know, they passed. I, uh, it was good. I know absolutely unequivocally that they are hundred percent not committed. So I don't have to talk to them anymore. Let's go to someone else, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's essentially, it's, it's mindset. And it's the mentality. And I think, you know, and I know this, I'm probably gonna get some flack for saying this, it's fine, but I think entrepreneurs and founders need to stop taking themselves too seriously, you know, because it's, it's I, I get it, what they're building is serious. I get what we're doing. It's, it's a serious industry and a serious game, but you have to have a sense of humor and you have to have, you know, just knowledge to keep going because it is not easy. No one is going to just say, oh, sure, I love your idea. Here's a million dollars. Make me proud. You know, like it just, it's not easy. It's the hardest, the hardest thing in the world is to get someone to write you a check, especially for big money, you know, and everyone is a gangster until they have to write a check. Everybody, everybody is like, oh yeah, no problem. I'll do it next week. Everybody. And it happens all the time. I, I mean, I, I have a startup I work with that, you know, I won't say the name of it or anything, but say, hey, how's how things going? Well, uh, we had two two investors. They signed all the sheets and everything, and then they just backed out. They stopped returning calls. They just left us in a cash crunch. They just stopped them returning our calls after we had meetings and they signed everything and they just needed to wire the money. Now that we just we don't get calls, texts, emails, or anything back. You know, and that's what a startup that is you know cash flow positive. <laughs> you know, like like a good startup that you want to get into. So um, yeah, you have to have this. You know, you have to have fortitude and you have to have a sense of humor. And it's one of the secrets, not only to just being a founder and entrepreneur, but for life, um, you know, I mean, there's a quote from Rainier Marie Vilke, German poet that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> so don't, don't worry if you haven't, um, that he says, the goal of life is to be defeated by greater and greater things. And that is a great quote, because that, that shows that you are progressing, even though it doesn't feel like it. You know, we tend to forget that, you know, we started off not knowing how to make a deck and not knowing how to pitch to getting, you know, defeated by, you know, a, a venture capital firm or some big angel investor that never would have taken an email, say, a year ago, that never would have even acknowledged us. We forget where we start. We forget that we're just in the back of a classroom or a boardroom or in the cubicle or at the bus stop taking notes and a notebook and at, like just ideating everything and drawing diagrams. We forget where we come from when, you know, we focus on the failure instead of like, look how far we've come. You know, so I think that it's extremely important for people to just keep that in mind for regardless of what they go after, because it's just, it's tough. That's the nature of the game. Yeah. And I think, you know, on the topic of not taking yourself too seriously, like the whole Uber and Lyft idea was this traditionally like really bad idea from like YC startups that would be, you know, done like every year and it would consistently fail. And then, you know, very much later on in the game, uh, it finally came out and is now like a multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, how should I put this? There's a quote in Hollywood that William Goldman says, and it applies to startups. Nobody knows anything, okay? Nobody knows if it's going to be a hit, if it's going to be a unicorn, if it's going to have an exit. You know, if we knew, 
this would we wouldn't have any issues. Okay, Theranos would be a hundred bazillion dollar publicly traded company, but Theranos was a complete scam. But nobody knew. It sounded good, you know. Quibi, same thing. Watch great content on your phone. Sounded good. Great team raised two billion dollars. Failed. Nobody knows anything. Okay, so you have to be you know extremely intelligent. You have to have a sense of humor, and you have to just have this you know this outlook and this mindset of okay, it's only money. <laughs> you know, whatever. We lost a couple hundred million dollars. Let's find something else or else you're going to go crazy. I mean, what, you can't dwell on it, um, but, but that's what it is. And, you know, everyone claims to have the, the, magic, the magic sauce and the secret sauce, but nobody really does. It's very difficult. A lot of people have failures and we don't publicize the failures. We, um, we always pray the successes. We never, we never prayed the, the, the failures or the poverty. You know, we only prayed the, you know, oh, look, my last company was $800 million, not the, the five before that, you know, everybody lost everything on, you know? So it just, that, that's how it is. And I, I, my mindset is just the failures are more impressive to me because it takes a lot more to get beaten up and to just exist as a founder or as a creative or someone that really wants to, you know, take what's up here in your mind and turn it into a reality on a large scale and to exist day to day doing that. It's extremely difficult, you know, and having the, the confidence and the temerity to talk about it and go forward with it. I mean, that, that's a skill that again, it, it should be more expressed more. Yeah. And so in, in this case, can you tell us perhaps about some of your uh, most, most impressive failures? Oh, of course. Every, everybody always wants to hear about it. Once I bring it up, you're like, oh, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Well, number one was losing on Jeopardy in front of 10 million people. <laughs> that one kind of stung. Well, uh, how was I supposed to know Montreal was an island? Nobody knows Montreal's an island. Stupid questions. Cost me the game. So that kind of was, uh, again, successful failure because it's like, hey, you know, nobody, it, was a, it wasn't like who won the last Super Bowl. It wasn't like something easy. It was something that nobody really knew. But you had to, you had to deal with that sting. I laugh about it now, but it's very, it's very difficult when you're in the live studio audience and your episode airs two, two months later and everybody in the world that's ever known you is watching it. You know, so that was a little rough, um, but it was fine. Laugh about it. Um, so that, that was the most impressive one. On the, on the party and event side, I mean, I had like so many failures that just like, you know, my first giant party was on a, on a casino boat. It's called Ghost Ship. It was referred to as the Titanic, which was silly because the Titanic had survivors. Like it was, it was bad. It, like it was, I was like, just turned 18. I did this huge party and we made all this money and then we had to return all this money. And then I lost money because I had to rent everything out. So, um, again, a lesser person would have been broken and not, not done any more events. But I was like, okay, what could I have done better? Next time I'm doing something on dry land, <laughs> you know? So you learn from it. So that we, had, we had the ghost ship. We had Jeopardy. Um, I mean, there's just been so many, um, just so many different things. I mean, I have, as a screenwriter, you know, I spent the past five years, six years, one, teaching myself how to do it, and two, networking and meeting, you know, using my connections to meet with some of the biggest people in that space, producer-wise, director-wise, and whatnot, and getting the classic, oh, it's great, but it's not for us. So th those are, those always stung a bit, you know. Um, at least you got some good dinners out of it, you know, and at least you have some cool, cool stories. But, you know, again, it's like you have to be prepared to be like, okay, it's not for them, you know. Um, see, the parties, I mean, there's just so many times. I think, like, every other year I would do a big party, and every other year it would either be a extremely successful or a massive failure. So it's very hard to have, you know, a lot of 
a lot of cash flow that you feel so rich and then 24 hours later you're you're poorer than when you started because you have to just give you have to pay your expenses and you have to give all your money back uh you know because that's the ethical thing to do um so yeah i mean that that's just how it is you know i've applied for grants and fellowships and just so many things i didn't get you know um i just keep going you know it doesn't it really doesn't affect me. I don't dwell on it anymore. And if something fails, it fails. But I don't have any regrets. I don't have any thoughts of like, oh, I should have done this better. or I should have done this differently. It doesn't keep me up at night. As you can tell, we're laughing about them. Um, and I, again, it goes back to the mentality because most people, they, they just, they hide. Oh, you know, I could have been someone or I could have done this. And it's like, you still can, you know, and nobody... Nobody really cares about your failures as much as you do. You are more cruel to yourself than the world is cruel to you. And I promise you that no one is talking about you. <laughs> you know, nobody, it, no, nobody, you're walking down the street. Nobody's like, there he is. He had a failure. Like nobody cares. Really, nobody cares. You care the most. So if you can just get over it and, and keep moving forward and focus on something else, it's fine. You only have to be, you only have to have that one victory and getting that one victory takes like infinite, small, minuscule victories to get to there. But that's the process. Um, so, you know, again, I, I say just be brave enough to fail and keep going forward. And it'll suck for a day. But usually 24 to 48 hours later, you you, you get past it and you, you focus on something else. I'm in the running for two more game shows. Not for the money, but for the revenge. Out of spite. <laughs> they say, why do you want to be on the show, Sean? I said, spite. <laughs> you know, so that's, 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 that's why I'm not going to let it break me. I'm not going to like, I'm never going on TV again. I'm going to keep going. Not going to stop me. Yeah. And so once you get excited about a space, um, what are the ways you start to, uh, you know, provide value to other people, especially in areas like startups or, you know, large enterprises where everyone's kind of gangster until they write a check um, or have to evaluate a deal? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, with me, what it comes down to is this is, I try to only work with professional people. You know, I've got to the point that, you know, a lot of calls people want to take with you are just waste of time. And I'm, I value my time so much that where it's like, listen, here's all the articles on me. Here's everything I've done. I'm happy to talk to you, but unless you're serious, I don't really need to waste a half an hour of your time or a half an hour of my time because 99% of the time people are going to show me a deck on a screen that I could easily read two minutes or less on my own, you know, that I can gain insights from. But essentially, you know, one, I hate the term adding value because I have so many people that hit me up that say how they can add value to me. And my, my you know, response is, you know, I'm good at subtraction as in subtracting any value you could add. Leave me alone, you know. Um, but for me, it's just essentially like, listen, this is what I can do for you. This is what, you know, what I charge. This is how I can be involved. And if you want to do it, we'll do it. And if not, I don't want to waste your time. Because, you know, my mentality is that I, there's always something else on the horizon. There's always something else to do. There's always another contact. It's a big world. And industries are massive. It's not like even a tiny niche industry of I don't know. New England scented candles. I guarantee there's probably, you know, more than one player in the space if I ever wanted to get into the New England scented candles industry and, you know, marketplace. So, you know, it, essentially there's always someone else. And, you know, for entrepreneurs, it's always about, you know, we talk about product market fit. I always tell entrepreneurs to have, one, a co-founder founder fit, if that's it, but two, a founder investor fit. If they really want to go after investor because you want to find someone that believes in the believer. You know, and it's like, this is the guy, this is the guy I'm going to not only write a check to, but I'm going to be a part of, we're going to get this because I believe in it. 
Um, and for me, it's kind of the same thing where we're just kind of, you know, the, the client consultant fit, you know, because there's so many people out there, they, they just want to talk and have you put your picture on stuff and all that. I mean, I've had people take my picture. I had one conversation and put my picture in their deck and I'd be like, take my picture out of your deck. Okay. I was like, we don't have an agreement, you know, like, I don't, I don't need to be in your deck. Like there's, there's just no like, oh, let me ask permission. Let me see if this is okay. If we're going to work together, can we do it? Um, you know, uh, people are just, they don't think like that. And me, even with the stuff I do, like, I don't put a lot of it on LinkedIn because for me, if I'm going to put something on LinkedIn, I want to be there six months, 12 months. I want to show, you know, or I've been there for at least five or six months. I just don't want to add it the day we start. I just want to show, okay, this is what I've done. Here's my track record. I had this. Um, but people are just so excited that, you know, like, oh, we're doing this. Let's get it going. It's like, I don't see any money in an account. You know, I don't see a contract. I don't see an agreement. You know, so it's just about, you know, finding serious people. And there are serious people, you know, um, like attracts like. It just, you kind of have to weed through a lot of people that want to use you. And everyone right now is all about, can I have five minutes of your time? And unless I really like someone or unless it's like they have a really cool profile, it's like, well, what do you, like, you can just easily email me what you want to talk about. And if it's like something we want to talk about and something I want to eat, like we can go beyond that email, I'll do it. But um, yeah, everyone's just, it just is like, oh yeah, we're all connected. Let me, let me, I've only met you in passing for one minute on a Slack channel, but here's my deck and uh, here's my co-founder. You don't mind if my co-founder, my CTO, my head of marketing, like they bring everyone on. It's like, I don't even, I don't even know your last name, <laughs> you know, like, come on. So it's just something that, again, you know, people need to be respectful of other people's time. They need to be respectful of other people's opinions. They need to be respectful of just other people's hustle. You know, and if there if there's a if there's a way to work together, there'll be a way to work together. If not, it's like okay, like we move on. <laughs> if, I know we're, we're pressed for time, but I do remember this one startup I, I was working with, and the founder was so annoying that he actually annoyed an investor out of a deal. He kept calling <laughs> he kept calling the fund like five times a week. He'd call every day, like at like one o'clock, and the guy I put him in touch with was like, listen, uh, he, he's really annoying the general partners. Because like, we'll get back to him when we're ready to make a move, but he can't call every day. And he was too polite to tell him. So I had to call him and yell at him and say, stop calling him. They say, I'll get back to you. You get one call a month, one email every two weeks. That's it. Don't call every day. And of course they pass because they're like, this guy's insane. You know, like, it's just like, come on. Are you, are you a founder or a loan shark? <laughs> come that's, on. That's, that's definitely a good one. I'm. Let me take a second. But yeah, so sure. I think the, the the one of the insights I got there was despite all of like, you know, the, the crazy stuff going out there in the DMs where someone's like, hey, I want to be on the phone for 10 minutes and let's waste some time. Uh, if you pick like an idea that you're passionate about, you have maybe some kind of insight um, because the industries are so big that you really just need to go out there with your deck and email people and hustle. And then from there, you'll be able to, you know, sort of organically find people who like believe in you and want to, uh, you know, work with you. Well, the, one, the, one, the one thing I want to say is like, there's a way to just reach out to people and it's, people are smart. They can easily tell if you're sending a mass message. Okay. Cause I get them all the time. And it's like, there's stupid little cold things. It's the easiest thing is to be like, Hey, I saw you're working on this. I'm working on something too. I just wanted to reach out and say, hi, that's it. Cause some people say, Hey, thanks for reaching out. I'd like to know more. Don't just be like, oh, here, my name's so-and-so. I'm working on this. It's like a life story. It's like a thousand word message with a calendar link and all this stuff. And it's like, no one's got time for that because successful people and real people have real, real responsibilities 
to others that they already work with. But there are ways. I mean, listen, you could cold outreach, but you have to be authentic about it. You have to be genuine about it because the people that you're cold outreaching, I guarantee you are getting hit up for everything from investing in a restaurant franchise because it's all of our dreams that own our own Arby's to, you know, getting hit up with an investment opportunity. And here's a deck, like all this stuff. And you know, it's funny because I have an article coming out on this soon. I know we're going to title it. I originally titled it, Leave Me Alone. But we're probably going to change it to something more like founder, stop embarrassing yourself, you know, because there's just I narrowed it down from my like my 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 history of people like just cold outreaching me with ridiculous demands and like everything from Sean, are you ready to save the world right now? <laughs> you know, it's everything from the save the world pitch to being like, oh, hey, I saw you have a lot of contacts in VC and Hollywood. Not only do I have my own TV show that I would love you to help me with, but I have a startup that I could use three million dollars for. Can we talk? And it's like. <laughs> No, like, no, like, I mean, again, it just, you have to, you have to know who to weed out and there's a way to kind of approach people. And again, just being authentic investors and even founders of companies want to meet quality people. We need quality deal flow and quality people that can really add, you know, talent and really add their expertise and really add their knowledge. What you can't just brush off, like pick a time for my calendar below. And it's like, really? I was like, how about we take this meeting between you doing nothing at work and nothing at home? How about that? <laughs> you know, like it just so and, and it's just getting worse and worse. And I feel like people don't care. Like if you really care and you find someone, you're going to do your research on them. You're going to see what they've done. You're going to you know, you're really going to spend time and get to know the person. So when you actually get a chance to talk with them, you're going to actually you know, say, hey, well, I saw you did this in 2009 or I saw you went here. I saw you spoke here. And what are you like? You know, again, like a real conversation not a, just a sales pitch, you know? So th that's just my thoughts on it. Because again, people don't want to be bothered. People want to be, you know, approached, but they don't want to be bothered. Yeah, I think that's that's really solid advice. I've, I've definitely seen like the save the world pitch a few times. I want to say it's like someone read a, uh, like a popular Forbes article or something like that. And they're like, oh, you know, this is like the key insight in how to, uh, to do my investor outreach when I'm pitching my climate change uh, startup. Exactly. You know, we're going to fight pollution. And it's like, well, what about air pollution? Because you're contributing to it. <laughs> you know, like, come on. Like, it just, it's always, it's always something like that where it's like, yeah, I got to save the world or I need your help. Or I'm, an, I'm my favorite one was one like, hey, I just want to reach out to you. I spoke at some panel. It was a great panel. I just want to reach out to you and forgive me for being blunt. They actually wrote, forgive me for being blunt. But then they just like made like a demand on it. <laughs> just kind of like, you know, what is it with investors not getting back to founders that want to do business? And I know you know a lot of investors. So I want to know if you want to do a business and you want to open your doors and you want to, you know, get on board and be an investor hunter. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm, try I'm trying to be nice and say, hey, feel free to reach out to me. But now I have to caveat that where it's like, feel free to reach out to me unless, and then we have to have just like <laughs> a list of everything. You know, kind of like, you know, those uh, those 1-800 numbers when you buy a product and it lists like in the small print, you know, like void were prohibited. I feel like we need like the void were prohibited, not, you know, not valid in, you know, Connecticut or not valid, <laughs> you know, like only reach out, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like something like that where we have that just because people are just, I feel like it's getting worse and worse. And uh, nobody wants to deal with someone who comes off as desperate, you know, we don't want to, especially investors, you don't, you want to invest in something with high growth potential and not someone that's already drowning. Okay. <laughs> you know, someone that's already like, you know, I'm just need a life preserver. It's like life preserver. You haven't even left the shore. <laughs> you know, you're still on, you're in the parking lot of, of the beach. You haven't even got to the water. You can't see it, you know? So you, you, you have to really come from a position of, 
confidence and strength and, you know, and, and just being, again, knowledgeable, investable and reasonable. Reasonable is something I feel like we've forgotten. Yeah. So um, just taking a second here, but I, I thought that was like hilarious. I think one of the caveats for like all business people out there might just be like no sales development representatives uh, sending me cold emails. Um, but with, with that in mind, um, you know, how, you, how you're thinking about meeting people and doing outreach, uh, what, what are you up to in terms of what you're building these days? Oh, wow. So many, so many, so many things to build. I hope none of them collapse. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. Um, yeah. So I, um, I had content and marketing for open VC. So we do a lot of cool articles. So, you know, I have everything on stages of fundraising and of course the upcoming leave me alone, which, you'll, which your fans will love. Um, we, we, I write about what we discuss, but just a lot of general stuff, you know, knowledge for how to, you know, what, what, how to get a job in VC. What do people do in VC? What do you know? What's the stages of fundraising? Everything from pre-seed to unicorn. Um, so I do a lot of that. Plus, I bring in a lot of investors to write guest posts. We have a lot of you know very talented people from across the world writing primers on their expertise and what they do. So um, I'm always happy to talk to further investors if they want to do that. Um, I host the the pitch deck roasts, which we have one uh, coming up. Hope to see you there. Um, where we take five consenting founders and we live roast their pitch deck on, um, in front of a live audience composed of other investors and founders and people that are just there for the comedy, i.e. myself. Um, so that, that's cool. I have Utopian Journey, which is my Substack on uh, mental wellness. Over 22,000 subscribers made up of investors, founders, creators, dreamers, and more. I'm turning that into uh, the first comic book for mental health. So I'm pretty excited with that. And I am launching another Substack called Founder Fortitude, which is a sister publication of Utopian Journey, which is going to discuss mental wellness, um, you know, mental health, resistance, persistence, resilience uh, for founders, especially. You know, founders are 50 times more likely to have mental health issues. And why not? Startups attract psychopaths, as we discovered. So, you know, that's uh, a very niche thing, but that's going to be launching soon. And um, yeah, I feel like they should be, every founder should just subscribe to it because it's going to be a lot of a lot of good information to help them cope to help them cope you know that that that's a coping it's a coping tool yeah and so when you're initially getting like excited about some of these projects what's your process for maybe like researching and ideating some of the ideas are you going through like statista or crunchbase or something nah, like that no nah, I, I i follow essentially if i'm really excited I follow like my heart, essentially, like I'm going to do this. I'll see who else is doing it. I'll do a little bit of, of, uh, of research, but I like to do really unique things. It comes from my creative side, you know? Um, so one, I, I like to do things where other people aren't really covering them. You know, people might be doing something similar, but they don't have the strategic advantage of being me. And my work ethic is if once I get possessed by an idea, like I just start getting into it, I start researching, I start writing, I start thinking about it. I might ask a few trusted people in my network of their thoughts, a few that I respect. But at the end of the day, I have a, you know, the, the Henry Ford uh, quote pops into my head that if I knew, if I, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they, I would have built a faster horse, you know? So essentially, I, you know, if, if I want to do something, I'm going to go with it. I mean, I'll do a little bit of research, but as long as it's not saturated, and even if it is saturated, I'll, I'll build something that, or I'll, I'll latch on to something that I think I could just really deliver on and do. Just because, you know, again, I don't mind if it fails, you know, but I do mind the time that I put into it that I wouldn't get back. 
But again, I don't regret that because the time I put into something, you know, adds to my knowledge and adds to my expertise. And, you know, not, not everything has to have a monetary value attached. You know, I can, I can learn for the sake of learning. And a year later, what I learned then will come back into play, you know, so, or, or more importantly, I'll learn what not to do, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's what it is. Like, you know, you just, I've done, I've worked with so many startups that, you know, everything from an Uber competitor here in Miami to a dating app. I mean, just across the board, everything non-technical. So I have just so much knowledge and experience just with everything from leading teams and dealing with issues and fundraising and, you know, making sure the deck looks good. I mean, I've done, I've done it all. So, you know, whenever I see something new, if there's an interest, say, okay, well, this is what I think they should do better. And this is what I can help them with. And, oh, I know so-and-so because I was working on this and I'll email him to plug him in and all that. I just, you know, I'm kind of like the maelstrom nexus, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's essentially how I refer to it. But yeah, I just, I, I like diving in. I don't like putting off tomorrow what can be done today. Yeah. So I, I think the the insight there for anyone who's like, you know, hey, I want to build stuff, but I'm not like the CEO of Google. It's really just like pick an idea that you like, that you have some kind of passion for, and then just go hustle and build and be thoughtful about the outreach emails, none of the save the world stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, just be cool. I mean, I want to say be cool. I'm mean, very simple. If I could say just be cool, you know, like you don't have to be the CEO of Google. You know, if there's, if you start thinking like that, you're not going to do anything. You know, you can pick anybody that's come before you that is more successful than you are in your current state. And because you could, you think you can never reach that height, you're never going to accomplish something. You know, there, there's a quote from uh, the Hagakuri, Book of the Samurai, Book of the Falling Leaves. I get those, uh, I forget the translation. Um, Yamamoto Tsunamoto, great book, love it. And uh, he said that um, if you think you're inferior to other people, you will be on that road very soon. And that's something I, you know, I tell everyone, like, who cares? Who cares what they did, you know? And now it's very tough because people like to already, you know, instill a sense of failure in themselves before they begin. They will bring up everything. Forget not having the connections. They'll bring up privilege. They'll bring up a lack of financing. They'll bring up their upbringing. They'll bring up everything so that they will talk themselves out of what could be the greatest thing of their lives, you know? Um, so I essentially think if you are passionate about something, go for it. You don't need to post on social media. You don't need to, to have people follow and like it. And you don't need any of that. You just need to be able to wake up in the morning and be excited to do something. And you need to be able to say, you know what? It's Friday night. I want to get in. I can't wait to get in on this. You know, I don't care about going out. I'm going to go work on this because it's exciting to me and I want to do it. And finding something like that, that lights a fire regardless if it's something that, that can be a startup or regardless if it's something creative, it's very difficult to have because people are so like empty. So if you have that, just pursue it. Don't, I don't, don't care what anybody else thinks. Do it because it will keep you sane. It'll give you, you know, an anchor that when everything else goes wrong, you have something that you can fall back on. And if you can turn it into a startup and monetize it and even do it in a way, because a lot of people that want to turn their passion into a startup, they get lost in the startup jargon. You know, oh, we got to get to a series B, you know, like don't get, get to any of that. Find something you love doing, monetize it, do it in a way where you can have fun making money. You know, that's everything I've done in my life. I had fun making money. I never had a real job because if people told me to show up someplace for eight to 10 hours and sit there, I was like, I ain't doing this. Okay. For me, I'd rather go take a risk on myself, have a failure, lose a bunch of money and then brush myself off and come again and try something different and do it my way and have fun. 
And, you know, a lot of people I think have lost that. And again, it's not, you know, to founders listening, everybody in their deck is like, oh, we're going to have 2 million paid users by the end of year three. And it's like, why don't you find yourself 100 paid users that you can make a nice living off of and then scale it to there. Don't worry about investors. Scale it so that you're the only employee or it's just you and your partner and you have a nice viable business that you enjoy doing that you don't have to follow, you know, the shark tank effect. You don't have to follow the Silicon Valley, if, you know, path, do your own thing, create a business you love doing and, and just see where it takes you. And if you want to go down that road, you can, but you have to enjoy what you're doing. You know, if you don't enjoy it, there's, there's no point. And there's going to be a time when you spend all your time doing something, and you're going to grow to hate it. And uh, you, it's going to be tough when you're the CEO or the founder, or the co-founder or someone high up in the company that you help start that you absolutely hate doing because these take years five to 10 years of your life, that's how you should really think about it. And if you hate it, then you're just, you know, you're going to be wasting five to 10 years of your life on something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's like very, very, um, very amazing advice. Like thinking about like how I got into startups and venture capital, like my first job was like working at the grocery store, like at a restaurant. And then um, I just found something where like, hey, you know, I just want to pick up the phone and do deals with people or send messages on Slack groups and DMs. And then from that point, I was kind of just, you know, quote unquote, being cool, where I'm just like helping other people develop their businesses and like, you know, ideating ideas um, just by talking to people to see like, hey, like, what will you buy? Like, what's the real value proposition for you? Um, so similarly, like you mentioned, it was something I would just kind of do on Friday night because I was like having more fun than going out. Um, and so it's like very interesting to see like how really anyone can go build a business uh, just by picking something that's fun to do, um, as opposed to just sitting at your desk for like 10 to 12 hours a day and you know, following rules. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, founders essentially are rule breakers, okay? We're the people that don't fit into that mold of sitting in the desk, you know? I mean, unless it's our own desk, we can just sit here and do what we want because we're going to build something. But yeah, I mean, you have to find something that interests you and you have to find something that really, when you have your failures, you just, it's okay, you know? Um, I mean, again, the goal of life is to be defeated by greater and greater things. You know, I keep drilling that into people like that's, that's what it is. You know, you got to keep rising above it and, you know, keep fighting and keep moving forward. And that's, that, that's how you have like a, a full life, you know, that's how you keep going. And that's how you're able to, to personally grow into a giant. You know, we all start off as small, you know, and a lot of people want to stay small, but you can only, you know, become big if you face the hazards that await you and if you face the dangers and the risks um, you know, and, and to go, and, and to go forward. I mean, Winston Churchill said, you know, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Yeah. So I think to, to close the episode, it's really, you know, if you want to build a, a company or at least something interesting, just start by being cool, right? Like no spammy sales emails, no spammy talking. sales come from a position of humbleness. Okay. Be humble. I mean, I have people that, you know, I, I much rather have someone that's 15, okay? Because I've had a habit. I have someone at 15, 16 or in high school and they hit me up and say, hey, can I talk to you? Because I'm really trying to build a business. I much rather talk to the 15, 16 year old and give them advice than talk to the 45 year old that just wants me for my connections because I know they want to use me and they want to give me the old save the world pitch or help me, you know, disrupt the trillion dollar industry or whatever, you know, but usually I've never regretted talking to someone that has just been very humble. That was very polite. That just wanted to talk to me for 10 minutes. I've, I've never regretted that. And I encourage people to reach out, but just don't reach out to me with a calendar and don't reach out to me with a pitch or a deck or a screenshot 
you know, like talk to me like you're talking to a normal person that you would see out at the store or something, you know, just like a normal, just come from a position of humility and, and respect that person's time. And, you know, things could happen. I've reached out to a lot of people cold and I've gotten a lot of calls from it. And I've had a lot of, you know, life-changing things happen because I was polite. I offered, what can I do for you? You know, what can I do to help you? I'm going to, I know your time is precious. 10 minutes, I start the clock. 10 minutes, I need, that's all I need. What can I do for you? How can I help you? And people said, well, you know, I know you're connected to this person. No problem. I'll make the introduction right now. I just want to, you know, return the favor. And there's a, there's a lot of that lacking. There, there's no returning of the favors anymore, you know? Um, and I feel like it, things can't be one-sided. You know, they, they have to, there, there has to be a, it has, it's a two-way street, you know? Now, again, if you're 15, 16, and you don't really have anything to offer, it's fine because you're still in high school. I'm not going to, you know, be like, oh, well, I'm not going to talk to some 16-year-old. No, because I had my own business when I was 15, 16. I'd love to help, you know, someone at that age. Just here, this is what you should do. And I think you should do this and learn this and do that. So, so yeah, that's, um, that, that's kind of how, if, if we want to take away some stuff with this is, yeah, just be cool. And feel free to contact me. Put the link below. I will. I, I will throw your LinkedIn profile uh, with the caveat of uh, be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be cool. Just send a nice message and I'll reply.